0: Hello, my name is
1: Taylor Clement, and I'm the head of school of Kirk Day School. My name is Richard Anderson. I am currently high school principal at Grace Christian Academy in Franklin, Tennessee. The goal of this podcast is to walk with parents through issues and give
0: tools and considerations for parenting and topics that our students face each day. And today we get to sit with Richard Anderson and he is a longtime educator, longtime Christian school administrator, and we are going to be able to glean some from his experiences and wisdom. And he's also my father in law, so, full disclaimer there. So, if you don't like this podcast, don't tell me. But that being said, uh, RBA is what I call him often. Richard Burton Anderson is, is a longtime headmaster, founding headmaster at Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and so, Richard, thanks for being with us, and thanks for, thanks for being with me right now. I want to start with this. Can you just kind of talk through your journey as an educator? Where did you start on your way to becoming a head of school? Because I know you bounced around in the Nashville area.
1: Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Taylor. Um, this is, I'm in year number 46 in education, and I've been very blessed to uh, to have touched upon uh, several areas. I worked uh, in the state of Tennessee, I worked in three different public school systems. I started out in Sumner County, uh, just outside of Nashville. Uh, also taught in Jackson County, uh, in upper middle Tennessee and in Columbia, uh, south of Nashville, um, Murray County Schools. So uh, I really enjoyed my time in public education and uh, sort of glad I started out there, really. Uh, also, one of the most fun years I had, I taught college psychology uh, for one year as a graduate assistant at uh, Tennessee Tech University. And uh, that was uh, maybe, maybe the most fun year I've had. Uh, the, the next 40 years, really, of my career have mostly been in, in private and Christian education. Uh, so I've been in three schools, Brentwood Academy, Christ Presbyterian Academy and now Grace Christian Academy. So uh, I've been very thankful again for the different uh, experiences I've been able to have and also uh, to see the similarities and differences in public, private and Christian education. And when you started in public education
0: and, and going even to Brentwood Academy before you became a headmaster, where what did you teach and, and where were you seeing God kind of lead you to, to go to those different schools?
1: Um, I am an English teacher uh, by by training. Have, have taught English. Uh, we came uh, we came to Nashville uh, to be involved in campus ministry at Vanderbilt University. Uh, that we were we were volunteers. We were volunteer helpers uh, in in leading Bible studies among students and discipling students. Uh, but I, I needed uh, a day job, and uh, so that my first foray into private education was in, it was at Brentwood Academy uh, near Nashville. Just for our listeners sake,
0: you are husband to Cindy, one and only wife. Yes. Uh, you have three daughters, Rebecca, Caroline, and Katie, Katie of whom I am married to. Thank you very much. And, thank you. And you are also grandfather to eight grandchildren, including uh, two children that are affiliated with KDS, one being KDS student Anderson. So, uh, that way our listeners can at least hear and connect those pieces. But Richard, uh, you're also a mentor to me. You've, you've been that for me ever since we've known each other, uh, particularly as I've gone into Christian education. Um, you're an avid baseball fan, which you enjoy coming to plenty of Cardinals uh, and or Pirates games Absolutely. St. Uh, but, but back to our conversation, what, what changes have you seen in Christian education over the past 30 to 40 years from an educator's perspective and or a headmaster's perspective, and even a parent perspective since all three of your girls went K-12
1: through Christ Press, I think I I was a public school kid. Uh, I went to public schools my entire academic career, went to a state university, got out, taught in public school systems. Uh, I think um, I, I didn't really know much about private education, uh, maybe even had some misconceptions of, about private education. Uh, what I found was that um, it's, it's all about students, um, where, wherever I've been, public or private or Christian, uh, it's all been about students. And uh, I, I think the, the partnership I've seen uh, with, within the private education or the Christian education communities, the partnership with the home um, has, been, has been very strong. Um, I didn't see that as much uh, when I was in public education. I'm not saying it wasn't there, but I, I, didn't, I didn't see it as strongly as I see it now in, in Christian education. But uh, it's always about students. I, it, it is a, the desire to be excellent, uh, really in, in what I say four, four main areas. Um, those being our, our academics, our fine arts, our athletics, and our outreach, whatever that outreach may look like, local, regional, or global. In Christian education, all four of the, I call them pillars, all four of those pillars of our schools are tethered to Jesus Christ. He is the canopy over them, or they are, they are tethered to him. So we want to be excellent in our academics for christ's sake we want to be excellent in our fine arts in our athletics and of course in our outreach for the sake of the kingdom and for the glory of christ
0: one of the quotes that i often use for our new faculty members is the dorothy sayers quote and it says dare we ever say a crooked leg or ill-fitting drawer would come out of the carpentry shop in nazareth and if so we would never proclaim that they are the same hands that made heaven and earth and I think a lot of times there's misnomers with the desire to be excellent, such as is what Dorothy Sayers describes of Christ's work here on Earth, uh, compared to maybe what Christian schools sometimes have because of the minimal resources that we either start with. So, when Christ Press was first founded, you didn't really have an athletic program. You didn't really have a fine arts program. Now today there's many state championships, there's many people that have gone on to be on Broadway and TV and movies that have been graduates of the academy. Talk about those early days where it was really difficult and you saw football teams go 0 for 8 or 0 for 11, whatever that is, or the the struggling fine arts program. How is that as far as trying to be excellent?
1: Well, you, you build you build. You start with a dream. You you build on a dream of what you you hope things uh, can become. Uh, people look at the campus uh, today and, and uh, very very many buildings, very fine buildings, and uh, they ask me the question: uh, Did in 1985, when you started as a K through 6 elementary, did you see all this coming? Meaning, meaning the facilities even. Did you see all this coming? And I say, look, in 1985, we were just hoping there would be a 1986. We did not know if we would make it. Uh, The other observation I would make uh, is, again, before I got into Christian education, uh, I think I had a misconception that somehow um, your academics would be watered down. In other words, um, mathematics would be one Moses plus one Moses equals two Moses (laughs) okay that's not Christian education uh, nor uh, nor is necessarily starting a class with a prayer or sprinkling a scripture and then teaching as you would at any public school in town right okay that does not make Christian education Uh, but but again I think the misconception being with Christian Ed is that you're you're so heavenly-minded you're no earthly good Right, and the reality is, we we're trying to train students. Um, we're trying to train them academically and train them spiritually uh, for productive life in contemporary society. So we're we're raising up we're raising up students to be citizens uh, of of this world, quite honestly, but also citizens of the kingdom.
0: Uh, I know Dan Doriani, who's also been a guest on the podcast uh, the other day, even said, you know, the kingdom is anywhere God reigns, anywhere God reigns, which I I love. And in thinking of that, uh, our mission statement is to assist Christian parents in the nurture of covenant children, educating them in a Christian world and life view, according to the truth of God's word, equipping them to be disciples of Christ, impacting his world. My question to you would, would be define Christian worldview. What, what do you think that means? I think, I think at least right now there's so many denominations and non-denominational churches that, that we're seeing a broad interpretation of Christian worldview. What, what do you think that means from your history, at least to your seat? Uh,
1: the best analogy I've found, and I don't know where I saw this, but I, I was somewhere and a, a speaker, uh, a speaker pulled a bar of Irish Spring soap out of his jacket and uh, and he held it up and and he said uh, he said if you've ever seen a bar of irish spring soap it's green and it has white wavy lines running through it and he took a knife out of his pocket and he said you can cut anywhere into this bar of soap and you're going to hit white wavy lines it's the same with with christian worldview we ought to be able ought to be able to walk into your school or you walk into my school at any time of day, before school, in the academic class, in the hallways, in the lunchroom, at ball practice, at play practice, uh, at an an athletic competition, or or watching a concert or a recital. You ought to be able to cut into my school and see Jesus. And it's the same with our academics. Uh, you, we, we want, to, we, we, want to be, we have the freedom in Christian education to point to God's hand on human history. We have the freedom in mathematics to say mathematics is a, is a system of order because Scripture says God is a God of order. We have, the scripture, uh, have we have the, uh, uh, the opportunity in the, in the sciences to point to the Creator of all things. So it's in, a, it's in a natural way, it's in a natural way that we can talk about God and his fingerprints on all academic disciplines.
0: Uh, it's definitely what we are trying to do, and it's, it's nice to hear that at least affirmed. One way you, you've always described parents in a relationship with parents as we, as we raise kids is that we often find ourselves as architects or farmers. Would you just kind of share that, that analogy um, and just kind of bring that out a little bit, the architects versus farmers?
1: Yeah, uh, Ralph Madsen is a Christian psychologist and he, he introduced that concept to us of, of, of being either a, an architect or a farmer as a parent. And his point is that architects uh, architects draw out the plans and, and the specs for a given structure and then they expect uh, they expect the building, the construction, to be to those exact specs, and they they exert a great deal of control over the outcome. A farmer, a farmer, puts the seed in the ground, and and waters it and tills the soil, but then must take his hands off. He he has got to trust God beyond that, for. Uh, for the sun, the rain, the elements that are going to make that that seed grow. And so uh, Madsen's point was that some parents are like architects. They already have mapped out what they want their son or their daughter to become in, in later life, in adult life. And, they, and they're doing everything within their power to control that outcome. Madsen's saying, rather, we should be... A farmer, we should we should plant seed, really plant seeds of the gospel uh, with within our children. Uh, Paul says of 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 that process, one sows another waters another reaps, but it is God who gives the increase of the harvest. So we we should plant good seeds within our children, but really, within as much willpower as we can show, we should take our hands off and let, let them become the best version of themselves. Let them become the, the, the boy or the girl that God created them to be. In a private school setting,
0: that seems like a very natural thing for parents to want to be architects. There is a transaction that is occurring financially, then educationally, for that to take place. But Christian education is a partnership the three-legged piece of church, home, and school. Where would you say that Christian families have fallen into that architect versus farmer piece? Have you seen a shift in that um, or even a fraying in that as far as over the years, or have you seen a strengthening of that?
1: Um, you know, honestly, that the answer to that is about as individual as an individual family. I, I, I've seen some um, push push their children, uh, the, the children as a result are just driven uh, driven to perfection, driven to success. I've seen others be able to take their hands off. Uh, as you ask that question, I'm thinking of a family I dealt with many years ago. Um, their, uh, the oldest child was a very great athlete, uh, eventually was able to parlay that athletic success into, uh, into a college scholarship athletically. Another child came along behind that one, who uh, who just did not um, did not have the same athletic skills, and, and yet um, the parents initially wanted him to be a version of the older child, Roman numeral two, and it just it just didn't work. God just didn't build it in. They finally took their hands off, and the second child. Um, had had more of an artistic bent and and god really used him to in in the arts world to bring salt and light as a believer ministering in the arts world uh with great power and and to the glory of god but it's because the parents and i committed them for this years later uh, it's because the parents saw that we can't make Child number two, a carbon copy of child number one. So they had a they had a great athlete in the family, and they had a great artisan in the family, and both both to the glory of God. That's
0: fantastic. And Christ Pres has graduated many many students, and now you're in your second year at Grace Christian Academy, and you are headmaster emeritus at Christ Pres, so you still stay close with with them. Where have you seen some of those students um, just so joyfully leave and serve the kingdom? And, and where have you seen those struggle but maybe come back knowing that that foundation was there? And again, it's, it's part of that farming process of maybe maybe some parents see really great growth and, and that growth is sustaining through next generations. Where others maybe said, hey, I really did have to take my hands off. So can you kind of talk about maybe a success story immediate and then maybe a success story? Um, delayed.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, seen, uh, I've seen that work also a variety of ways. I used to put a very unfair burden on, on the school and that is that when a youngster walked across the stage in cap and gown that he or she would be just a smidgen shy of glorification. Well, the truth is um, we, as I said earlier, we, we are planting seeds. We are in Christian education to share and to model the gospel but then when they, when they walk across the stage in cap and gown, we have to take our hands off, and it's going to outwork itself in, in God's choosing, in God's plan for them. Uh, I've seen some kids who, who walked, walked the straight and narrow walk with Jesus in high school, continued that walk on through college. Um, some have gone on to the mission field, some have gone into ministry. I've seen kids who walked the straight and narrow in high school, got off to college, went berserk. Went berserk in all of the things that the world offers a college student. But then I've also seen some of them come full circle. And, and today are uh, strong spouses, parents, just solid citizens. And then I've seen some who have veered off the the straight and narrow and are still trying to find their way back. Uh, The beauty of Christian education, as a friend of mine says, is the kids who leave our schools, they know where North is. Now,
0: having come to St. Louis for four years with regularity, what would you say um, about KDS, knowing it well, what would you affirm about it and affirm to parents, but being vulnerable and not not just letting this be a plus, where would you challenge parents to say, Hey, continue to be critical about X or continue to ask the hard question here? So where can you affirm and critique Kirk Day School from from your seat? And you also have known of Kirk Day School long before I ever was a part of it.
1: Right, right. Well, I, I was I was in your school um, a week ago just just walking walking in into the building be you know being greeted uh, being greeted upon entrance um, uh, just there, there's just a there's a, a loving spirit uh, at at KDS that that is just uh, it's just tangible and, and I would say you know I would say just keep keep on keeping on in that keep keep building on that uh, it is it is the love um, as I, as I told you recently, uh, a building is just a box and it's subdivided into smaller boxes, but it's what goes on inside those smaller boxes that makes the KDS experience and it makes the KDS education what it is. So keep, you know, keep, doing, the, keep doing the good things, the right things that you're doing. Always you know, ask the question, where can we get better? where can where can we be the best the best version that god had in mind when he thought up uh, kds and uh, and ralph matson quote ralph matson again he said uh, he said all of us were mapped out in the design room of heaven god thought a thought and it became you god thought a thought and it became me and i think that's true of institutions I think at some point in time God thought a thought and it became KDS.
0: There's a difference between private education and Christian education. What would you say is the difference?
1: Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the simplistic answer. Um, uh, that, that is the difference. Uh, you can have, uh, in, you know, in, in your town of St. Louis up here, in my, my city of Nashville, Um, you can you can find uh, good academics fine arts athletics even even outreach you can find those things in private secular schools you can find those things in our schools in our christian schools but the difference is they they are done as unto the lord they are they are done to and for the glory of god and the glory of the kingdom so that's just the main the main difference is is our our raison d'etre our reason for being is jesus and
0: the academic piece going back to that the discussion of excellence as we, we talked about a few minutes ago having christ within that What does that mean consequentially for children? I think this is an area where societally and perhaps culturally within Christian education that the family-school partnership can be strengthened. And and I mean this with with great humility as, as a Christian school leader. We can do this better, we can communicate better, but often that Christian education piece feels like that gives either the student or the school a pass at consequences or at helping disciple a child. And as Paul David Tripp would say, grace is not permissive. So over your years, you've dealt with a lot of various things and worked with parents and students, some some on minor issues, some on very major issues. Where would you encourage the school and the family as we partner together uh, in
1: ways to to work on that relationship to to deepen it? Well, let me me go back one step before I answer that uh, to, to give you an example of excellence uh, in in the school where I'm currently serving. Um, Just about a week ago, two weeks ago, we we announced one of our students uh, had been named uh, a a National Merit Finalist. Okay, so this was the first ever National Merit Finalist from our school. Our school's 10 years old, and this was the first National Merit Finalist. The reason I, I bring her up is because, number one, she could have chosen a lot of other places to go to school uh, maybe maybe even more high powered academic schools more prestigious but she chose our school because of the Christian emphasis of our school and this young lady uh, she'll she'll have her pick. she's got some pretty elite schools uh, on her short list that are looking at her but um, but that was back to my point of, of academics being watered down. This Her family chose a school where they, they felt like her academic gift was going to be nurtured, but she also wanted a school where her spiritual life was going to be enhanced. Um, back to your question, I think the, the partnership, the, the triangular partnership of home church and school all speaking into the lives of our students is so is so crucial and i think uh, i think it starts with parents really believing that we have their child's good on our hearts we have we have their their child's good uh, in in our minds we're on the same team and i i think if there's any shift i've seen and i'm hearkening back 50, 50 plus years to when I was a student, but my, my dad and my mom always had implicit trust in the school, in the teachers, in the administrators. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a blind trust. They would not have let me be abused in any shape, form, or fashion, but they believed that, that the people who educated me and my sister had our good on their hearts, and therefore they partnered with them. Somewhere, I'm gonna say as far back as uh, the early 70s when I started teaching, there there was so much strife and turmoil in our society during the Vietnam War era, that somewhere that shifted and, and parents began stepping in between the child and the authority figure as a buffer. Because they did not want the child to suffer consequences, so I think we're trying. I think we're trying to gain back, and we have this with some parents, but I think we're trying to gain back that trust that my mom and dad had in the school and in the system. And where have you seen that done well? Well, I'm seeing it done pretty well where uh, in the school where I am right now. Um, Grace Christian Academy. There's a, there's a good partnership there uh, with the parents. Again, none of this is across the board. Not right, not, not right. all parents are supportive, and not all parents are battling you know battling the school. But but there, you know there's some that just still uh, they they side they side with the child. This is a um, this is a tricky day and age to be a parent. to, to be honest. Our our work is cut out for us, but it it is a, it is a work well worth pursuing. Yeah. Because it because it is eternal.
0: I think that right there is is a, an issue that we face now, maybe more than ever, particularly in a post recession economy, as we've had an economy that that has grown over the past few years. What we've seen is it's become a more transactional relationship than a partnership relationship within the private sector, and it has bled into the Christian partnership sector. There's still a huge value and a huge cost to Christian education, but that shift is is obviously playing out with with certain decisions that we have to make, and if we're paying for something, we want often the the best thing uh, in the midst of that. So where would you encourage parents to look and where would you encourage schools perhaps even to behave because we're, we're not off the hook here um, whether it's kirk day school or another school down the road um, whatever they may be another school in alaska or california we have we have a job to do and do it well in order to continue to educate christians while parents also are, are looking at us in and, and turn to, to help lead and, and help be a part of their families and so how would you encourage the schools right now to maybe take a step forward and what, what do you think we could be doing better
1: well I think just continuing to to cultivate relationships um, with with the home uh, obviously relationships with the child or children depending on what age groups we're, we're dealing with but um, I, I just think I think relationship is, is so key to to everything working as, as it ought to. Um, when when you are in relationship with someone, you can hear uh, you, you can hear even a hard word. Uh, I, I had occasion uh, a couple weeks ago. I had occasion to thank uh, to thank a friend for something he spoke into my life a year ago, almost a year to the day. And he, he, spoke, he spoke a, a hard word uh, in, in, into my life. It was hard to hear, but, but it, it made a change in the way that I was thinking and ultimately the way I was living, because as I told him, you, you loved me enough to speak a hard word. And uh, that's something that I think we're, we're a little low on in our world today, is people People don't want to hear good grief. We don't want to hear a negative word about ourselves. We sure don't want to hear a negative word about our child. But we're not doing parents any favors if we do not speak the truth in love. And Paul coupled those two words together on purpose, speak the truth in love, because love without truth is sentimentality. Truth without love can be cruelty you can speak the truth but if it's not couched in love you're beating the other person over the head with it
0: richard you love to to reflect you've been writing a weekly devotion for over 20 plus years as you reflect on christian education and your role in christian education what stands out to you is maybe one of your biggest challenges in your career Having been a part of a church school and some independent schools, and as you mentioned, public schools, and then maybe what's one of your, your greatest successes, or at least that God's blessed you with?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think some of the some of the hard places just have had have had to do with uh, discipline or disciplinary disciplinary measures. Um, it, some and sometimes it's better where where a child is in his life at a given moment, um, it's better for the school, uh, the school and the child or the school and the family to to part company. And I've seen that work different ways. Sometimes you're parting company maybe for a year. And we always had a stipulation where where a child, even if we did that, a child could reapply and and re-interview. Now they had to convince us what changes had taken place in them in in the ensuing year. Uh, I had uh, I had one situation, a, a disciplinary situation, where we uh, boy was in his teens and uh, he he was just a, a hot mess really when he was with us, um, and we we parted by by mutual consent with his parents. We parted we parted company. Several years went by, and the boy is now in his at this time was in his thirties. I'm working up at school in the summer. He called me and said, uh, could I get an appointment with you? I said, sure. And I, I, knew, I knew, he identified himself. I knew exactly who it was. And I knew we had, we had cut him loose from the school in his, in his teens. He, walk, he walked in, I, I, I gave him a hug. The first words out of his mouth were, I wanna ask your forgiveness. I said, for what? he said for who I was and for the trouble I caused you when I went to school here he went on to say i've met jesus i'm married we're expecting our first child and my wife and i have been in 31 countries preaching the gospel so that that showed me uh, it showed me two things it showed me that we had planted some seeds. Uh, that the frustration of our profession is you don't always get to see uh, those seeds come to fruition. And and ha- honestly, had he not called me, I may never have known that. Um, I think I think there'll be there'll be when we get to heaven. I think there'll be some students that come up and say, "Thanks, you know, you loved me well, uh, even through some hard times." Um, you know, just thanks. So that that young man, his story, and, and I'm in contact with him and his wife today in their ministry, and they're still going around the globe preaching the gospel. Um, but I think he he showed me uh, never never give up on anybody. Wow.
0: And would you put that in the success category as well? Yeah,
1: uh, I would. So I'd put it in the, in the category of something that was hard. It was it, it was a hard action. At the time, it was also a right action and, uh, and had a happy ending.
0: So Christ Press has 1,300 students, uh, 200 plus staff. Grace Christian Academy has several hundred students now. Tell me, what have you learned about leadership in Christian education? Because it's a unique position. You are one part businessman, you're one part teacher, and you're one part minister and you have to shift between those those roles. It's never an equilateral triangle, so to speak. But what have you learned about leadership in, in those years in, in leading a variety of students and parents, leading people who have been in the arts and, and very famous in the arts? You've led folks that have been uh, widely successful in athletics. You've led folks that have been um, wildly successful in business, uh, politicians, governors, national names. Uh, it's it's really amazing to, to think of who God has put under your care and tutelage. So what would you say in that moment um, that you say, yeah, I've learned this about leadership?
1: Well, I think, uh, uh, again, I think the key, the key is relationship. Um, you know, I've learned as much as anything um, that, that everybody, everybody needs uh, an attaboy. Uh, that everybody everybody needs encouragement, and, and it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a first year teacher, or if you're a, a veteran who's been teaching for 25 plus years. Uh, everybody needs an Attaboy, and so I, I try to look I try to look for for ways uh, to affirm um, you know my my colleagues um, just on on any given thing. A small example. Uh, we had a, a chapel the other morning, and um, several faculty members comprised the worship team. So we had uh, we had one teacher uh, playing the guitar, we had one teacher on the keyboards, we had one playing the bass, we had one playing the drums, and one doing some vocals. Which the, the, the students just got a kick out of out of seeing that. But uh, when I got back to my office after chapel, uh, I wrote I wrote an email to all of them and I and I blind copied the whole faculty and I just said you know number one thank you for leading us to the to the throne room today in worship and number two kudos to y'all for doing this I said we we have so much talent uh you know on on our faculty and thank thank y'all for using your talents to the glory of God so and I heard back from each of them, just, just thanking me thanking me for thanking them, but I also wanted also wanted the rest of the faculty to see to see them get a pat on the back. But I, I just I look for ways uh, I look for ways on any given day to tell someone you know well well done, well done. You did a good job on this or that or the other. And again, with re- within relationship, um, they can also hear that, that harder word when you have to speak it to them sometime.
0: What's a risk that you've taken in your career? Education's not a very risk, high risk venture rather typically. So what, what would you define as maybe a risk you've taken? Well,
1: I think there's no question, the biggest risk, risk I took was to, uh, to help start a school. Uh, to to come uh, and I was in I was in a, an established school which I honestly thought I'd probably you know wind wind up my career there. and uh, my church uh, called me to come be headmaster of a school that they had a vision to start. so I, I was the founding headmaster and uh, my oldest daughter was starting kindergarten. so uh, September three, nineteen eighty five, I'd I, I like to tell Rebecca we started school together so I walked in I walked in as a new headmaster. She walked in as a new kindergarten student and uh, but I think that's I think that was the biggest risk. We, we just launched into something unknown and uh, it, it turned it turned out okay, but as I said earlier, we didn't know uh, that that first year we didn't know that we were going to make it that we were going to survive so.
0: Final question. Knowing KDS like you, like you do, you've, you've met with our board and advised our board on some things. You've uh, met some of our faculty. You've been at Grandparents Day. You've, you've driven the carpool line. You've, you've done a lot within our own school community. What encouragement would you give our community as a whole? Be it the board member who has no child affiliation or grandchild affiliation to our school, the teacher, the person who may just work uh, kind of randomly at the school, and maybe have stumbled upon a job, so to speak, at least in their minds. And then, of course, the parent and, and even the student. What encouragement would you say
1: uh, and give them for Kurt Day School? Um, I would say the I would say the best is yet to come. Um, I think I think there there are good days ahead for KDS. Uh, to quote C.S. Lewis, I think KDS is between the already and the not yet. Um, you're, you're in the middle ground between what is already going on within the founding. I know uh, Kirk, Kirkley Hills turns 50 this year. KDS is 25 plus years old. Um, so you are, you are literally in the middle of, of the already, what has what already transpired, and the not yet, what has yet to happen. And uh, I think, again, I think there, there are good days ahead for KDS. I think the best is yet to come.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thanks for being here with us. And and parents, as you guys listen, continue to send us thoughts and ideas. And we want to to listen to that. Thanks again, Richard, for being with us. And uh, folks, we will be out in a new episode soon. Thank you. Thank you.